Hey guys, welcome back to another update of the Idaho Moscow murders. So I know I'm probably a week late on giving you this update about the suspect, but here's the thing. I was at my mom's rehearsal dinner. Oops, sorry, that's my ice machine. I was at my mom's rehearsal dinner when this broke that somebody had been arrested and I had my mom's wedding for the weekend, so I really couldn't be online writing, updating, but you know, having it been a week, this is going to be a lengthy update because there's a lot of information about this person. So Brian Koberger, who's 28 years old, was arrested Friday, December 30th in his hometown of Albrightsville, Pennsylvania, almost seven weeks after University of Idaho students Kaylee Gonzalez, Madison Mogan, Zanar Kanodal, and Ethan Chapman were found stabbed to death in their off-campus home in Moscow, Idaho. So here's what we know about Brian Koberger so far. Brian Koberger grew up in the Poconos with his parents and his sister. During his teenage years, he was labeled as an awkward, quote, creep and, quote, outcast who scared women and reportedly struggled with a heroin addiction. Former classmates reported that Brian Koberger had been extremely overweight when he started school, but then when he returned to school for his senior year, he was rail thin. Dominique Clark, who attended elementary and high school with Brian Koberger, told news outlets, quote, I remember seeing him and thinking it was a new student. He was so heavy and he lost so much weight, he almost looked sickly or like it was an obsession. When Brian Koberger had been overweight, he was severely bullied. But then, after the weight loss, his classmates said that he went from being bullied to being the bully. Former student Ashley Kermatz, who was two years ahead of Brian in school, said, quote, There were a lot of bullies at Pleasant Valley in general, and a lot of people were bullied. Brian just wanted to fit in with the popular kids. I don't want to say he was weird, but he didn't have any social skills and didn't know how to make any friends. He was just awkward. Sarah Healy, who attended elementary, middle, and high school with Brian, told People, quote, He was bullied a lot. It started because of his weight, and it was mainly by females. He was pretty big, he was very quiet, and very to himself. He was very into books, and he was really sweet and really quiet. Others who knew Brian Koberger didn't recall him actually being bullied at all. Casey Art said she didn't remember Koberger ever being bullied and alleged that while Brian was always nice to her, he actually bullied her brother at some times. She said, quote, I know that he had anger issues and he would have these outbursts and stuff. I never saw them face to face. My brother said that when Brian would get angry with him, he would kind of gaslight him and get physically aggressive. Brian never got physically aggressive with my brother, but he was kind of the person who would smash things or punch a wall or something like that. I never saw Brian being bullied. He was two years behind me. But then, apparently, when he lost the weight, some people said that he accepted apologies from the people that bullied him, and then other people said that he just bullied them right back. Casey's brother Thomas uh, told the New York Times that he and Brian Koberger's friendship ended after what began as, quote, playful ribbing and jabbing, which then escalated to mean-spirited bullying, including Brian Koberger allegedly putting Thomas in a headlock. Thomas said, quote, over time, it just got so, so bad that I just shut down when I was around him. I eventually just had to cut ties with him. An anonymous college classmate of Brian Koberger's recalled him frequently taking contrarian viewpoints in classes and getting into heated arguments with other doctorate students. The classmate said, quote, Brian Koberger seemed to have more disagreements with women, including one incident that led to a female doctoral student storming out of the classroom after accusing Brian Koberger of, quote, mansplaining. Several of Brian Koberger's classmates from his teen years recalled him using heroin, with some alleging that Brian Koberger offered the drug to others before he went to rehab in 2013. 
Lee Mack, who graduated from Pleasant Valley High School in 2012, told People that she befriended Brian Koberger after meeting him at a party. She said, quote, Brian never gave off red flags that I knew of. He was always weird, but what teenage kid who's trying to find himself isn't weird, you know? He offered my best friend heroin, and we just realized that he was a little bit more far gone than we'd expected to deal with, so we had to end that friendship. She also said that Brian actually reached out to her two years after they graduated, and he said, quote, hey, I'm getting clean. I want to do something really good for my life and for people. In a series of videos posted after Brian Koberger's arrest, former student Casey Ants described the suspect as a, quote, heavy heroin user back in high school, and that's a claim that's repeated to Fox News by many different classmates. But by 2017, Brian was sober. Ants said that at the time, he was working security detail at a school, and at some point, more recently, Brian Koberger returned to his old high school to work as a part-time security guard. Brian then went off to Northampton Community College and earned a psychology degree in 2018. In 2002, he received a Master of Arts in Criminal Justice from DeSales University in Center Valley, Pennsylvania. Jack Bayless, who befriended Brian in eighth grade, told people that Brian was very interested in psychology as a teen. Jack said, quote, he is super curious, probably the most curious person you'll ever meet. Guaranteed, he was really into psychology how people thought and whatnot. He always has been really into that kind of stuff. If you're like, oh, why do people do like this? Why do men blah, blah, blah? Or why do women blah, blah, blah? He'd get all into those kinds of things and wonder about all the differences between just how different people think and all that kind of stuff. He's always been really nice to me. He's always been friendly to me. Never seemed like a bad guy. I hope he's innocent and I hope it was someone else because you don't want your friend to have been a murderer. It's not fun. After his arrest, the university said that it is, quote, devastated by this senseless tragedy, while at the same time, a former professor of Brian's didn't hold back her praise for her now infamous ex-student. Michelle Bulger said, quote, he was one of the best students ever. In my 10 years of teaching, I've only recommended two students to a PhD program, and he was one of them. She also said that she was, quote, shocked as shit by Brian's arrest. After getting his master's in Pennsylvania, Brian moved out west in August of 2022 to get his PhD in the Department of Criminal Justice and Criminology at Washington State University in Pullman. While studying at DeSalle's, Brian Kohlberger posted a since-deleted call on Reddit for ex-convicts to participate in what he said was a study sanctioned by the university on how, quote, emotions and psychological traits influence decision-making when committing a crime. One of his classmates at DeSalle's, Brittany Slavin, told the New York Times that Brian Koberker seemed rather interested in serial killers and then developing theories on what happened at different crime scenes based on photos presented in the class, but that his behavior didn't raise any red flags for her at the time. Brittany said, quote, At the time, it seemed as if he was just a curious student, so if his questions felt odd, we really didn't think much of it because it fit our curriculum. Casey Ants remembered Brian Koberger being interested in criminal justice when he was still in high school, but she believed that his addiction delayed his plans to go to college to study the subject. Casey said, quote, He definitely was interested in criminal justice back then, and I'm seeing from other people now that, from former friends and acquaintances and even teachers, that said he was always interested in it and he loved crime movies and TV shows and stuff like that. Brian was also known as a loner who didn't sleep, and although it looked like he was going to have a successful career, he was an antisocial student who was actually up all night long. His downstairs neighbor said, quote, It seemed like he never slept because he was always doing something all night. He's normally a very late-night person, going to the bathroom, vacuuming at 1 a.m. in the morning. The neighbor, who asked to remain anonymous, said Brian Koberger was almost always alone. 
except for once. She could hear a woman in his apartment through the walls, but she said that that was a very rare occurrence. One of his classmates also noticed that Brian Koberger didn't seem to sleep. Benjamin Roberts, a grad student at Washington State University, said, quote, I did notice he was always showing up to class a little late sometimes. He always had a coffee in hand. He always seemed to be just perpetually exhausted. Brian seemed like he was on the knife's edge between exhaustion and worn out, and at the time, it was extremely difficult to tell which was which. He had to make sure you knew he was smart and that he had this intellectual capacity. Roberts also noticed a shift after the November 13th murder, saying, quote, he did seem to get a little chattier going into the later parts of the term. But there was at least one now significant moment after the murders during which Brian Koberger was quiet, another classmate noticed. Student B.K. Norton told the Post that when the quadruple murders were brought up in class, Brian Koberger remained, quote, quiet and deadpan. B.K. Norton said, quote, I don't believe he had any reaction. We had quite a long conversation in class about it, too. I don't believe I remember him commenting about it at all. I knew that there were students meeting with him about the murders, and he was quiet and he just stared a lot. But after the murders, he seemed more willing to talk and hold a conversation. Joey Famularo had Brian Koberger as a teaching assistant in one of her classes at Washington State and previously spoke about her experience with him on TikTok. She recalled that Brian Koberger was a tough grader early in the semester, but that his behavior changed after November 12, 2022, when the murders occurred. She noted that there were no real red flags about him and that her class of 150 students, quote, didn't see him very often, but explained, quote, after November 12th, his behavior changed significantly. Joey Famularo noted that in October, Brian Koberger had failed all of his students on a test and left several comments on their work. Quote, then, starting November and December, he just started handing out hundreds and leaving very minimal comments. So that was, I think, probably the biggest behavior change. Outside of school, Brian gave off really scary, creepy vibes, especially to women. A brewery owner in Pennsylvania said that the accused murderer would often harass women at his bar. The owner of the bar, Jodan Srolnik, told NBC News that Brian Koberger usually sat alone, quote, observing and watching other patrons at the Seven Sirens Brewing Company. Then he'd start drinking. He'd get three to four drinks in, and his behavior caused enough concern for staff to put a note in the company system about him whenever his ID would scan. Jordan said, quote, staff put in there, hey, this guy makes creepy comments, so keep an eye on him. He'll have two or three beers, and then he just gets a little too comfortable. Brian Koberger would ask female staff and customers who they were with and where they lived. If the women weren't interested, quote, he would get upset with them a little bit. Jordan said that he was forced to confront Brian Koberger after he called an employee a, quote, bitch when she didn't respond to his creepy questions. Quote, I went up to him and I said, hey, Brian, I just wanted to talk to you real quick and make sure that you're going to be respectful this time and we're not going to have any issues. He was shocked that I was saying that. And he said, "Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. You have me totally confused. And according to Jordan, Brian Koberger never went to that bar after that. Brian Koberger's family have stood by him even as he stands accused of such horrific crimes. They've said, quote, We have fully cooperated with law enforcement agencies in an attempt to seek the truth and promote his presumption of innocence rather than judge unknown facts and make erroneous assumptions. Brian Koberger seemed to be close with his father, who flew to Spokane, Washington in December, after the November 13th stabbings, and had met up with his son before they drove more than 2,500 miles together back to Pennsylvania for the holidays. The only other family member who's spoken about Brian is his former aunt, who's divorced out of the family. She said that Brian has, quote, very, very weird eating habits. 
Quote, it was above and beyond being vegan. His aunt and uncle had to buy new pots and pans because he would not eat from anything that had ever had meat cooked on them. He seemed very OCD. Brian Koberger has been given a court-appointed lawyer and waived his right to extradition and was sent from Pennsylvania back to Moscow, Idaho, after being charged with four counts of first-degree murder. While awaiting extradition in jail in Pennsylvania, Brian has allegedly spent his time in jail taunting guards and attempting to expose himself to a female inmate. Brian was accused of a series of bizarre incidents at the Monroe County Jail in Pennsylvania. Valerie Cipollina spoke to DailyMail.com about her experience of spending six hours in a cell near Brian Koberger's cell at the facility after being detained herself early on New Year's Day for a domestic violence charge. She says she heard Brian Koberger repeatedly shelling, quote, I cut them, I'll cut you. You come in here and I'll cut you. I'm going to pee on your face. Do what you want with me. I don't give a shit in taunts directed specifically at the guards. According to the source, she could see Brian Koberger's upper body through the glass of his cell from where she was locked up in jail. She said she didn't realize who he was at first, but then heard workers at the facility describe him as, quote, the guy who killed those college students. She also claimed he repeatedly lifted up his shirt and she could hear a guard telling Brian Koberger to put his pants back on. The source also claimed to have heard that Brian Koberger singing the lines, quote, fuck my enemies and my foes from the Lil Wayne song, quote, multiple flows, along with, quote, violent and misogynistic lyrics from the rapper Bad Bunny, though the report did not specify which examples. After being told to shut up by one guard, Brian Koberger allegedly replied by screaming, quote, come on in, all of you. You scared of me? You should be scared of me. You're going to do nothing to me because I'm going to cut you all up. Come into this cell and I'll show you I'm a creeper. Many believe that this is Brian's way of trying to get an insanity defense, but Idaho did away with the insanity defense in 1982. This was part of a nationwide uproar after John Hinckley Jr. was found not guilty by reason of insanity after attempting to assassinate President Ronald Reagan. In response, many people feared that killers would be let loose on the streets using the defense of insanity. Investigators stated that the crime scene of the four University of Idaho students was, quote, an evidence-rich environment, and that the murderer left behind a ton of evidence. A source close to one of the case's investigators told the Daily Mail that cell phone data shows that Brian Koberger was often the same location as the three sorority sisters and one of their boyfriends before he allegedly stabbed them to death as they apparently slept in their off-campus home. I actually just saw online two minutes ago, because I've been checking as I've been <laughs> telling you guys things, that Brian's cell phone pinged 12 times at the house of the University of Idaho students leading up to the investigation. It's noted that Brian Koberger also seemed to be careful about not leaving fingerprints in public even as he fled to his native state of Pennsylvania in recent days. An anonymous source who claimed to be, quote, good friends with one of the cops who had surveillance the murder suspect in the days before his arrest said, quote, he's not stupid and has been very careful. He followed him into a giant, which is a Pennsylvania grocery store chain, and wore gloves the entire time. Not sure if they ever interacted, but his cell phone pings followed their every move for weeks about the uh, victims. Brian Koberger, who was arrested Friday, December 30th in a pre-drawn raid at his parents' house in a gated community in Nalbrightsville, Pennsylvania, the source said, quote, I've been so invested in this case the last six weeks, and to find out how close he is to us and that one of our friends found him and arrested him is just crazy. Brian Koberger had continued to serve as a teacher's assistant at the university before driving his white Hyundai Elantra across the country in the days before Christmas, with suspicious cops hot on his trail the entire time. 
Brian was pulled over twice in Indiana, once for tailgating and once for speeding. There is video surveillance body cam footage of these pullovers, and the cops make it a point to ask Brian a lot of questions and bring up the Moscow murders to see how he reacts. In the video, Brian is heard correcting his dad about the killings, and his eyes light up when his dad calls the killings, quote, horrifying. It's thought that the police were doing this to either spook Brian and see if he would let anything slip, as well as play the game of building up his ego to think that he'd gotten away, not once, not twice, but three times. His father, who is not said to be a suspect, had flown out to Idaho to make the 2,500-mile drive with his son, Brian, after completing his semester of the PhD program at the university. Police in Moscow were on the hunt for any information pertaining to a white Hyundai Elantra that can be seen driving away from the house for the murders around 3.30 a.m. on body cam footage from across the street. Brian owns a white Hyundai Elantra, and though police were already following Brian on his drive out to Pennsylvania in his white Hyundai Elantra, police were still coming out saying they haven't found the white Hyundai Elantra and they're looking for it and if anyone has any information in order to throw Brian off the trail. Brian Koberger was on a suicide watch at the Monroe County Correctional Facility where he was being held without bail ahead of extradition hearing. The police had to put Brian in a suicide vest when moving him around as they believed that he may try and do something to cause his life to be taken to not have to deal with the consequences. Brian was, and is, quote, eager to be exonerated and intended to waive his right to a hearing to expedite his return to Moscow to face four murder charges. Monroe County Chief Public Defender Jason Labar told CNN, The murder weapon in the case, a fixed blade knife, has not yet been recovered, according to investigators. And according to CNN, cops had honed in on DNA evidence and Brian Koberger's car, which was seen near the site of the gruesome murders, to link Brian to the crime. They used Ancestry.com, like 23andMe, in order to obtain the DNA. The undisclosed forensic evidence was linked to the suspect after it was run through a public database, two law enforcement officials told the network of CNN. The FBI then tracked the grad student for four days before making an arrest while it worked with local law enforcement to develop enough probable cause to obtain a warrant. Despite reportedly wearing gloves while shopping and adopting a business-as-usual routine in the classroom, Brian Koberger's, quote, arrogance and ego may have created a DNA trail that led police to the suspect. Professor... Joseph Guy Cologne, a retired New York PD detective sergeant who teaches at John Jay College of Criminal Justice, told the Daily Beast, quote, if somebody like this was really a student of criminal justice and criminology, then he would understand certain things like low cards exchange principle. It shows you the arrogance of people like him, where he thinks he's smarter than the cops because he read something in a book. At the end of the day, experience trumps academics every day of the week and twice on Sunday. It'll be really interesting to find out as we go if he came prepared. Did he wear gloves? A Tyvek suit? What was he doing to not get caught? Was he covering his hair? Did he wear booties over his shoes, knowing he's going to be stepping in a lot of blood? Those are behavioral aspects where prosecutors can say, quote, this was a well-thought-out and well-planned execution. The principle that he referred to is a forensic theory that states, quote, every contact leaves a trace. And Brian Koberger's educational track has led some to speculate if he was truly studying to be able to become a better violent criminal, which Joseph Gia Cologne, as well as many others, reportedly said was possible, but rare. The Moscow police and FBI did come out and say that the individual that they were looking for was highly educated, which probably indicates that there's evidence at the crime scene that this person tried to cover themselves and who they were. 
Brian Koberger is currently, now, in the company of 22 people who've allegedly committed crimes, and some of the inmates that he's with are facing some pretty serious charges themselves. Nearly two dozen inmates are locked up at the Lata County Jail in Moscow, where Brian Koberger is also being held. And while some are locked up for some minor crimes, like petty theft and driving without a license, others are facing some pretty serious charges. One of his fellow inmates is Micah James DeMoss, and Micah's facing eight counts of video voyeurism, two counts of child sexual exploitation material, and a charge of rape, where the alleged victim is 16 or 17 and the alleged perpetrator is three years older. As for Brian Koberger, Lataw County Sheriff Richard Skiles says he'll get a whole cell to himself and will be treated like the rest of his inmates, adding that he is able to talk to his family on the phone. Brian Koberger's family broke their silence on Monday, January 2nd, 2023, telling people in a statement, quote, First and foremost, we care deeply for the four victims who have lost their precious children. There are no words that can adequately express the sadness that we feel, and we pray each day for them. We will continue to let the legal process unfold, and as a family, we will love and support our son and our brother. We have fully cooperated with law enforcement agencies in an attempt to seek the truth and promote his presumption of innocence rather than judge unknown facts and make erroneous assumptions. We respect privacy in this matter, as our family and the families suffering the loss can move forward through the legal process. Meanwhile, the families of the victims expressed relief after Brian Koberger's arrest, which occurred on the same day as a planned memorial for best friends Maddie Mogan and Kaylee Gonzalez. A family friend said, quote, It was amazing that they caught him the night before their memorial. Such a blessing and relief for all of us. It brought a little peace that day. It was one reason we waited to have a memorial, noting that Kaylee's parents had hoped a suspect would be apprehended before the memorial took place as they believed that the suspect would show up at the memorial. However, there is TikTok footage of what looks to be Brian Koberger at the vigil that was held for the four victims back on November 30th. The bar, where two of the University of Idaho students spent their final hours, has pushed back against a rumor that accused killer Brian Koberger visited on the night of the murders. Kaylee Gonzalez and Madison Mogan spent the night of November 12th at the Corner Club in downtown Moscow, Idaho. Police said that the two best friends arrived at the bar around 10.30 p.m., leaving around three hours later at 1.30 p.m. on November 13th. They then stopped by a late-night food truck for some takeout pasta before getting a private taxi ride back to their student rental home on King Road just before 2 a.m. Among the rumors circulating on social media was a theory that Brian Koberger had visited the Corner Club on the night of the murders and had been thrown out of the bar. The Corner Club denied the rumor on Twitter before slamming the media and members of the public for reaching out about the theory. Quote, suspect was not and has not been here. No one was removed from the bar the evening of the incident, so stop calling us, is what the bar tweeted on Tuesday. However, it's not feasible to confirm whether or not these assertions are true. There have been several strange stories without any basis in fact, and those have been circulating online. So because of this, you should really only depend on information that has been officially released by officials. It's not publicly known at this time if Brian Koberger knew the victims, and the judge in Idaho has issued a gag order on evidence about the case, so that way there can't be there can be a fair trial and Brian can be put behind bars if he's truly guilty of the crime. Monroe County, Pennsylvania, public defender Jason Labar told CNN that Brian Koberger was, quote, shocked a little bit by the accusations. Jason Labar, who represented Brian for the extradition procedures, won't be his attorney for the criminal case. 
also told the Washington Post that Brian Koberger would waive his right to an extradition hearing in an attempt to get closer to his exoneration. Quote, he's willing to waive because he's looking forward to being exonerated. Those were his words. Whether that means he's innocent or not, it's implicit in what he's saying. He wants to be exonerated that he's innocent. He didn't use the word innocent. Brian Koberger has been charged with four counts of first-degree murder and one felony count of burglary. If convicted, he would face the death penalty in Idaho. The Moscow Police Department are still asking anyone with information about the killings or Brian Koberger to call 208-883-7180 or email tipline at ci.moscow.id.us. And we'll put that in the show notes. There is another thing, too, of somebody believing that Brian Koberger went on a podcast and basically gave details about the killings and tried to spin it on the frat house that Ethan was involved in. But though many people who know Brian have come out to say that that is his voice and they believe that that's him, it hasn't been confirmed yet. And the podcaster did send it in to the FBI to analyze. Okay, so I'm jumping in here because I just exported this entire thing and then I got online and there's new information. So Moscow police collected a knife sheath that was laying next on the bed next to one of the victims. They found DNA on that knife sheath and then they went to Brian Koberger's parents' house, went through the trash, took DNA from his dad, and it was a 99.99999% match to DNA from the victim, indicating that it's Brian's DNA because it wasn't 100% match. On top of that, it also came out that one of the roommates identified as DM said that she heard screaming upstairs. She opened her door three different times to find a tall man standing in at about six foot one, athletic built, but not athletic and muscular, um, wearing all black and a ski mask. He then said, it's okay, I'm here to help you. And she closed her door. She said that he walked right by her, like when she opened the door several times, and then he just left. So now it's kind of like, well, how the heck did the roommate, how do you you not call 911 till noon the next day? Um, And so I will link more sources below, but I just wanted to jump in and add this because there's been new information. So I wanted you guys to have this in here. Other than that, I need an inhaler after this because of how much reading I just did. But yeah, so pretty much took all of the information that I could find from tons of different news sources and tried to give it to you all here in one place. And going forward, we will keep Fridays as the updates for the Moscow murderers. But thank you guys so much for listening. Honestly, I truly, 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 truly hope that this is him, that they have the right guy. I feel like they do because of how many eyes are on this case and just how confident they are. And now all we can hope is that the families get justice for what this horrific person um, assumingly did. But with that being said, we'll be back on Monday to our regular scheduled episodes. And thank you guys so much. Bye.